Hi. Hi. Uh, we, if you like this podcast, there are options for you <laughs> to show your love, to show your like for the podcast. Um, chief among them is subscribing. Chief. la di da <laughs> Um, which you can do through the app you're listening in right now, uh, if I guess, or wherever you're listening, or you can do it, go to grandpodcast.com and there's a big orange button in the corner that will kind of guide you through depending on what device you're on. We have a Patreon if you wanted to give us a regular coffee, that's possible. Or you can support our enterprises. Have you got any enterprises, Ivanka? I've got an enterprise mm. called restaurantsbrighton.co.uk, which is a website that you can go to and show some love to the Brighton hospitality industry. And anyone that you know that's anywhere near Brighton, just you know, tell them. Use that. Tell them, yeah. I mean, they'll probably find it anyway, but yeah. if they're searching for a restaurant, it's going to happen. Um, but now they'll know that I'm behind it and they'll be even more likely to like it. Exactly. Um, alternative, if you want to support me, I've got a business called Good To Hear. If you go to goodtohear.co.uk slash free... I've done a book about tracking happiness that you can get for free if you sign up to my mailing list and let me talk to you about like nerdy ways of, of looking after your brain and being productive and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, goodtohear.co.uk slash free. Welcome to Michael and Ivanka's Grand Podcast, a weekly chat remote between London and Brach. Is that the city? That's the island. That's the island. What's the, is there a town name? Sutivan. Sutivan. Okay, yes, of course. Sutivan to London. Yeah. It's basically Saint Ivan, and Saint. I'm Ivanka living in Saint Ivan. Isn't that. Oh my ah, God, it's amazing. Well, you learn something <laughs> new every week. My name's Michael Forrest. And I'm Ivanka Magic. As just mentioned. Um, and this week, we're going to try something a bit different because recently I have started fiddling about with TikTok. And what I have found about TikTok, beyond the fact that as a musician, it's quite good that music is on by default. So if I put stuff on there, people are actually going to hear it rather than just watch it muted. The other thing I'm finding is it does not have a bubble in the same way that Facebook, Instagram... Twitter, everything else, you're sort of in this bubble and you only see like the worst of other people's views through comments that they've just spammed out in this like reactive way. What I'm finding on TikTok is you're seeing a breadth of views expressed concisely in the form of these short, you know, 15 second to one minute videos. And people are actually, it's more about like putting your point of view across and then you're seeing what opinions are popular. Many objectionable opinions but stated in a slightly... It's just going to take a bit more thought to dismiss them or to like figure out what's wrong with them. And that's what I want to do this week. Like, pick through a few of these TikToks that I've been, like, bookmarking recently and just talk about why Ben Shapiro, Jordan Peterson, um, these pickup artist types, like the Trump supporters, like all these people that are kind of putting this content up, it's getting upvoted a lot. Like, let's see, let's engage with them on their own terms and just see if we can figure out and maybe and maybe we'll change our views but i mean we probably won't change our views because these are pretty nasty views so yeah have you had a look at them i've been sending them on the slack i've looked at some of them what's your gut reaction well i uh i i watched the 
the Ben Ben Shapiro I'd never heard of nor seen before. You obviously mm. know knew know who mm. he is. As my daughter would say, I don't like his face. <laughs> something about, there's something about every, which is very childish. So then I had He's to listen greasy to it man. again. Yes. He's like, well, you have to sort of stop a minute and go, right, okay, I'm going to listen to this again. And then there was the ones that I felt like I agreed with. And then I was like, right, I'm going to watch right. this. So I didn't watch... I didn't watch all of them, but I watched that one a couple of times, or maybe three times. I watched the uh, the one about Amazon and unions a couple of times. Mm. It's just like a, I think when it comes at you this short, short and sharp, I think then you do need to re-listen. Yeah, yeah, perhaps. yeah, and you can like let it loop and have a look and have a think about it. So that's what we're going to do. For the third time. How are you? I'm well. I've had a good week at work. I have done stuff in the garden. And yes, I'm okay. How are you, Michael? <laughs> That's it. That's I don't it. really... I mean... I, I know what... But it's true, like, the, the, the days and weeks are sort of blurring into each other at the moment because there really aren't any... It's just sort of like the day-to-day is so similar. And, it, and it's that, nice. I'm, I'm very... Yeah. I have that sort of... Uh, I'm I'm happy. I'm slightly afraid of unlocking down. Mm. So you know. Citibank, Branch is unlocking. Croatia is unlocking. Is it? Yeah, it's on. And, and but I don't mean just from a point. Yeah, there has been a surge in cases on the island where we've avoided. Basically, we've avoided having them the whole time, and now suddenly we've got surge. But um, but that's not really what scares me. It's like I've kind of got into this staying in with yeah. my family and. We have a little routine and we're enjoying ourselves and we're quite happy and I don't really want anything to disturb it. It's kind of, I can imagine myself becoming like a complete recluse. Uh, <laughs> be, you, know, you know, it's like, oh, I don't want to talk to, you know, it's, it's sort of, I think there's some weird psychologies around being in lockdown and then not being in lockdown. Yeah. Like, which, some, like some people like dropped by yesterday to say hi and it was like, what the, f- go away. <laughs> don't know what to do yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very strange it is harrow like, uh, road where we are is terrifying like there's just like junkies wandering through everyone kids everywhere so many people it just seems as busy as it ever did like we just had to go to the co-op yesterday and it's just like i hate this it, it's, it's just chaos in yeah. london still um like all the traffic's back nearly like, you know, the, the streets were sort of, like, quiet for a while. Now everyone's mm. just kind of back to it and it's like, OK, yeah, I guess yeah. we just don't care. Like, about the tens of thousands of deaths or whatever it is now. Yeah, I think yeah. we we definitely had this, like, as, as you entered this week, so the second week of unlocking or relaxing the rules, the general hubbub in the village got louder. I mean, this is a village, not a city, so yeah. the most you're going to hear are children shouting at each other and teenagers running and stuff but you know like laughing um but mm. suddenly the noise levels had gone up and then um I'm, I'm going to be interested to see what the reaction is where we've gone from zero cases to two cases to nine cases in mm. the course of a week get ready for some so- exponential growth <laughs> little mini little mini exponential growth on the mm. island so speaking hey. of exponential growth I uh, had to stop. My, I had to stop <laughs> myself from looking at my daily um, 
like my numbers for my apps because it was it was kind of taking up too much of my brain. And I said, look, I deleted the iTunes Connect app from my phone and um, uh, I just said, right, I'm just going to look at the weekly email that I get on a Friday. So I got my email this morning. It was like, hey, cool. I mean, it's not exponential, but it's sustained. So, you know, until this, let's keep this, uh, let's keep this going. Cause it's, uh, and I even managed to, like, I, I, uh, I had this thing where, you know, the iPhone 11's got like three cameras and there's a wide one and a telephoto. Oh, yeah, yeah, and this yeah. app that I've got is a camera app and people are emailing going, oh, can I, you know, use the wide angle? I'm like, yeah, that seems like a thing that you would want to do if you had that phone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I haven't got one and like worrying that I was going to have to shell out like 1100 quid to get like an iPhone 11 to test on. But yesterday I was like, let's just, the guy I said, does he want to do on test flight? I sent him a build that I think should work. And he should send me back a video showing it working. I'm like, hey, I don't really? have to buy an iPhone 11. <laughs> well, that's nice. Yes. So um, that's all going very well. I, I released a video yesterday as well, or the day before. I released a video last week um, about tracking happiness versus sleep, which is my second one in my series. And that's, you know, I, I, I was hoping for the Withings retweet because I'm using, I'm talking about their watch, is that's how I track my sleep, okay. and I got that. So that's 50,000 followers they've got that saw that video, hopefully. Well, well not 50,000, but a few people saw it through yeah. there. A couple of mailing list sign-ups. We're, we're, we're chugging along. We haven't sold any apps of those apps for two weeks, so whatever. <laughs> week, like, my long game is to get more and more people on this mailing list so that I can sort of, I think people might not necessarily want the changes out but maybe they want something else because there's loads of things that I'm doing around all of that but um yes so it's it's going okay but I'm starting to kind of miss certain pre-lockdown things yeah. but hey <laughs> like it's what? all good I don't know I like, just feeling uh, that, that like that the feeling there's a sort of lack of freedom at the moment that I kind of want to feel like I could go somewhere or do something if I uh, if I wanted to because I, I kind of want a holiday still. I still haven't had that holiday. <laughs> I think, yeah, I miss not having to worry about a p- pandemic, like it mm. being a fantasy thing that's in movies and books rather than reality. I miss that. I miss it not being real. Uh, I miss, uh, I, I'm sudden, suddenly I'm sitting there thinking, how long will it be till I see my mum? You know, it's like all these funny things where I'm like, oh, I don't want to think about it. I'm only going to think about today, which is why I think I'm quite afraid of leaving my house. Do you know what I mean? It's like because why I can pretend that this is, you know, I can real. stay in and just focus on right now what's in front of me yeah. and not worry about what's going to happen next or what the possible outcomes are. So, um, so yeah, that's I'm having one a bit of that week yeah. but otherwise really happy so it's a bit of a try to you know keep keep it you know keeping it in a light a box with a lid on and peeking in every so often going no nah, i'm not ready yet <laughs> yeah, so like sometimes yeah sometimes like more freedom isn't always a good thing and like it's weird how uh how like once we, we've all got our kind of like emergency emotional response in a little bit at the moment as well so i think yeah. a lot of people are probably going to be feeling a bit happier because suddenly it's not like some unnameable threat or un- sort of generalized feeling of anxiety it's something you can actually like look at and do something about and so i think that's probably quite good for mental health overall weirdly yeah my uh, but yeah but otherwise i've been having a really interesting um week at work i've been interviewing people in uh, ghana and kenya 
about mm. education responses to COVID-19 and right. how they're doing ed tech stuff. And it's been, mm. I mean, one thing we've all concluded in all my interviews that no matter where you are in the world, to a lesser or greater extent, you've got exactly the same challenges. Like, you know, mm. it's, it's, all these people go, it's not levelling, it's, it's accentuating inequality. Of course it is. Mm. Absolutely. But there's this like, there's like, categories of things that people are working on and trying to solve at the moment and to a lesser or greater extent everybody is affected by all of the categories do you know mm. what I mean it's like yeah yeah, yeah. nobody you know yes. so it's like uh, it's just different levels and different responses and different challenges and because mm. um, anyone we're pretending all on the same page anyway. for once yeah, yeah. so it's, it's nice that anyway. we're all on the same page and you, you know what you can talk about to a stranger like this it's a bubble <laughs> busting situation it is yes yeah speaking of busting bubbles let's listen to some objectionable content some people love capitalism and um this first tiktok that i'm going to play is titled Ben Shapiro demolishes a socialist. So here's the here, here it is and I'll, I'll I'll put links to all of these in the in the description if you want to see the visuals. But here's here's the first one. So let's say you own a pencil factory, I'm a worker in that pencil factory. But without me and presumably many others like me to assemble the pencils, all you would have is a pile of wood, yellow paint, graphite, rubber, and aluminum. The owner of the factory carries the risk, therefore he gets the benefit. The workers in the company you mentioned, if that company were to go bankrupt, they would carry the risk as well as the benefit. If the company goes bankrupt and this guy has to pay off all of his debts, the worker may lose his job, but he's not the one who's going to incur the debt of having gone bankrupt. Okay, it is the investor who pays the downside, who invested in all the machinery, who sunk millions of dollars into making your labor productive. Because guess what? Your labor is without that machinery. Gunk. Nothing. You don't have a pencil to put together. You don't got the wood. You don't got the, you don't got the paint. You don't got the rubber. You don't got the metal. You got nothing. Right? You're sitting there, standing outside, twiddling your thumbs. It required somebody to invest. Mil who do you think put more in? The guy who spent millions of dollars buying all the machinery, leasing the place, making sure there was a management structure, doing the LLC formation, making sure all the tax code was in compliance. Or are you standing outside because you can stick a piece of graphite into a piece of wood? Okay, so that was Ben Shapiro's demolishing of a socialist who thinks that workers should get paid for their efforts. Um, I mean, I've got some reactions, but... I've got some reactions. <laughs> there's, there's the childish ones. Okay, well, let's hear the childish one first. <laughs> <laughs> just like, I just want to go nye, 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 at him. <laughs> right. that's, my, that's my childish reaction. Well, but I'd also like to point out that if you go bankrupt, you do not have to pay off your debts. Or you very that's rarely good, pay off your debts. So, right. And that is one way that people with money who are able to borrow money get to rip off a lot of other people by declaring themselves bankrupt and then not paying their debts. Mm, and who do you think pays? Who do you think who pays? pays? Yeah, <laughs> it's usually the small businesses that don't get paid, the staff that don't get paid. So I, I, I would, I would like to take that part of his argument off the table. Next, uh, yeah, and also like the idea that no one could make a pencil without a giant pencil making machine seems a bit funny to me. Like I could, yeah, I could e easily make a pencil without a giant factory that makes pencils. And um, the only reason that I'm not able to have a successful business making you know boutique pencils is that industrialization has put the tools in the hands of capitalists that allow them to mass produce them on such a scale that it puts a small business owner like me that wants to just make you know special little 
um, pencils out of business because they can undercut the cost so much. And they're able to undercut the cost because they happened to have the capital in the first place to build that, you know, to buy those giant machines. And where did that come from? That didn't come from, that came from somewhere. Usually it came from, you know, a legacy of wealth that you just had in the first place. Or they were simply able to persuade somebody to lend them or give them the money. Um, There are the... I told you about when I went to meeting last time, there was this thing about zebra companies versus unicorn. And there's this Mm. whole section of society that can't get investment. Um, So, you know, women, people of colour, all that sort of, you know, it's like, there you are standing there, white man. Mm. You know, you you will be, you know, uh, uh, so, yeah. When you go to the bank, yeah, they'll give you a loan because you sort of talk the right way or the right colour. And and it just, it arbitrarily is against people that don't fall into that default man category, as Grayson Mm -hmm. Perry puts it. Default man, yes. There's this risk angle as well, right? So we've, we've established that, yeah, oh, I'm taking the risk so I should get the profit. Well, implied in this is that the worker's not taking any risk. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you've promised, agreed, uh, my daughter asked me what a contract was the other day. Mm -hmm. So when you say, I agree that I'm going to do some work. Okay. So anyway, so so once you've you've agreed to come and work for somebody for some set hours during the day, you have possibly arranged some childcare, you've paid for some sort of transport, you have... uh, potentially purchased uh, an appropriate outfit you have um, chosen perhaps somewhere to live that's near that place you have whatever you have made whether the risks are of the same magnitude in if you only count them as money um, I don't that I mean we could debate that but if I have very little, then buying a monthly travel card, a weekly travel card, to me, may represent an equally destructive loss that a million-dollar pencil-making machine represents to you. Hmm. You know, it's like, a, yeah. I, I don't think that committing to work for someone is without risk. Yeah. And also, I, I was just thinking, like, um, when I make a decision to work for someone else, I'm sacrificing my ability to ever get a disproportionate benefit for my like to to sort of luck into something big like if I'm working for you like my the stakes are fixed for me and you're the one the capitalist is the one that gets to take the cream off the top if things go well um and they give you like a token little bonus but most of the time I'm um and for for the for the illusion of stability I'm sacrificing my ability to set up my own business and the reason I can't set up my own business is because I have to work for a living but there's, the, you know, there's a sort of opportunity cost of working. You know, if you work for someone else, then you can't, you're not building your own thing. And a lot of us, you know, would probably love to be building our own things, but we're sort of stuck in this cycle of having to work for someone else, which is, has just has this ceiling, has this limitation built into it that um, yeah, we can't, we can't succeed. I think even if you've not your you know if even if that's not what you're after or that you're you've still you've decided to hitch your cart to their wagon rather mm. than somebody else's you've yeah. maybe chosen not to learn something new and different you you know there's the i, I think it, to to say that when you start working for somebody that you're not investing mm. is not yeah we're, not right. we're investing in their business yeah by working for them and just to say like yeah and then 
if we just talk about the, the prospect of a failed business. So I'm a business, I've got this capital, I'm going to put it into this risky venture. Is it, I mean, how risky is, I think we've covered like the cost of your business failing is probably less bad to the capitalist than it is to the worker. Having, I think, yeah. as a small business, been on the receiving end of multiple people who have built massive debt behind their companies, called in the receivers, not paid their bills, and then reopened with a slightly different spelling of their name. Yeah. I do not buy into this bankruptcy. Yeah, but for some people, there are some people out there who will be devastated emotionally by the fact that they've had to declare bankruptcy. Mm. And they will, but you know, that, that affects you. I'm not, I'm not denying that. It might put you out of the ability to work for a couple of years or work in the way you want to, but it is not... It is absolutely not the end of uh, end of days for many, many people. For mm. many people, it's just a way of operating. Well, you know, that didn't work out. I've even had emails from people going, oh, well, yeah, that company's not even trading anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, this is, it's just uh, my, my, my biggest uh, one of those was Grant Bovey and, and just working for him. And he co- he's been bankrupt before and he went, you know another company goes into administration i'm the one that loses out on all the money on getting paid having put loads and loads of work towards his product but because he was taking stupid risks as well like i'm just gonna have one investor and a lot of these startup companies these unicorns these different sort of companies in silicon valley they're spending money that doesn't really exist they're sort of it's, it's all this sort of speculative vc capital that's sort of going in and it's it's um it's yeah. kind of absurd. One thing I will say, though, about his persona and that video mm. is it literally made me feel angry <laughs> in every cell in my body. Uh, oh I, my actual legs felt angry. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> Next. Next. Let's talk about Amazon. So this one's called Amazon Doesn't Like Unions. Let's have a listen. Amazon says, We are not anti-union, but we are not neutral either. This is a quote from a training video for Whole Foods managers after the acquisition in 2017, where less than 10 seconds later, they also say, We do not believe unions are in the best interest of our customers, our shareholders, or most importantly, our associates. They even go so far as to make it company policy to report any suspicion of unionization. If you see warning signs of potential organizing, notify your building HRM and GM site leader immediately. HRMs and GM site leaders should notify their assigned ER managers or ER principal immediately. The most obvious signs would include use of words associated with unions or union-led movements like living wage or steward. Amazon also fired an employee of five years after leading a walkout in New York in protest of alleged underreporting of COVID-19 infections to continue keeping people in the workplace even while infected. That was in March of this year, 2020. So we're not... Not anti-union, but we are not neutral either. We're not anti-union, but we're not neutral either. So, so when we say, are you pro? <laughs> so what we're trying to say is, we're not going to actively go out and try and destroy a union. However, 
Unless if someone you, reports that there might be someone trying to unionise. <laughs> well, I if we what, can start I don't know what a ER new one forming, I don't know what ER mm. is. But mm. uh, yeah, um, it's like it's and and the idea that somehow the term living wage <laughs> has you at some sort of subversive <laughs> despot, <laughs> and you know the 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 idea that perhaps you want to be able to be safe at work and not die of a virus and go and infect your family is somehow... It's like, yeah, I don't want to work in a fire. Is that all right? (laughs) I don't want to work when there's a pandemic and loads of people have got it around me. I've got kids. I've got kids. Um... (laughs) This uh, this coming from like and I loved I, I was glad that 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 thing you shared on Facebook Jeff Bezos wealth um, yeah. like the the million where a million pounds is like a million dollars is like this tiny little square and Jeff Bezos wealth you have to scroll for days, days. like um, and this is what I keep trying to say like there is so much wealth in the hands of those people that we literally cannot we just can't imagine it so I mean definitely put, look at the link in that to to see how much Jeff has taken from those people that he is so not neutral about unionising. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. It's like, and then he lists, like, we don't feel it's in the best interest of our shareholders. Yeah, shareholders. <laughs> well, oh, and might they have to share oh. some of the sharehold with Share- the workers? <laughs> they should keep getting their money for doing nothing, shouldn't they? Just for having had some money. Oh, they took a risk, though. Oh yeah, By, they could have uh, the gone risk bankrupt. was when they they went. Oh, well, I'll just put that here, and they have an option at any moment to go. Oh, actually, maybe I'll put that here. Oh, what a risk! Um, you poor shareholders. Uh, you know, forget the person that spends. A, we're 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 prizing time so much. I saw this thing like there's no resource that matters other than time. <laughs> so all this idea that money is a thing. No, the people we should really be like talking about how much time people are putting in and those people are coming in on shifts many days a week. And you know, and we do see stuff like it's not all that bad in an Amazon warehouse really, but yeah, yeah. considering the value they're generating. <laughs> but this is the week. I sent you that link this week for that uh, from that some sort of higher higher up tech dude has resigned with a public resignation letter talking about why he's left Amazon because of his co-workers not being supported. Oh, we should right. include that. They're leaving Amazon letter. I don't know if you checked the link. but uh, he, I saw it. Uh, yeah, I saw the link. I didn't read it all. But yeah, yeah. But, he, yeah. but he basically lays it out very clearly, like why that, you know, how can you be sitting there taking your you know six figure it salary well why don't we why don't we have have a quick read of it uh, how long was it where is it yeah no it's not too long um no. so may the first was my last day as vp and distinguished engineer at amazon web services uh, so that's aws after five years and five months of rewarding fun i quit in dismay at amazon firing whistleblowers who were making noise about warehouse employees frightened of covid19 what with big tech salaries and share vestings, this will probably cost me over a million pre-tax dollars, not to mention the best job I've ever had, working with awfully good people, so I'm pretty blue. What happened? Last year, Amazonians on the tech side banded together as Amazon employees for climate justice, first coming to the world's notice 
with an open letter promoting a shareholders' resolution calling for dramatic action and leadership from Amazon on the global climate change emergency. I was one of its 8,000 signatories. When the resolution got a lot of votes, it didn't pass. Four months later, 3,000 Amazon tech workers from around the world joined in the global climate strike walkout. The day before the walkout, Amazon announced a large-scale plan aimed at making the company part of the climate crisis solution. It's not as though the activists were acknowledged by their employer for being forward-thinking. In fact, leaders were threatened with dismissal. Fast forward to the COVID-19 era. Stories surfaced of unrest in Amazon warehouses, workers raising alarms about being uninformed, unprotected and frightened. Official statements claimed every possible safety precaution was being taken. Then a worker organising for better safety conditions was fired and brutally insensitive remarks appeared in leaked executive meeting notes where the focus was on defending Amazon talking points. In quotes. Warehouse workers reached out to AECJ for support. They responded by internally promoting a petition and organising a video call for Thursday, April 16th, featuring warehouse workers from around the world with guest activist Naomi Klein. An announcement was sent to internal mailing lists on Friday, April 10th, uh, was apparently the flashpoint. Emily Cunningham and Marin Costa, two visible AECJ leaders, were fired on the spot that day. The justifications were laughable. It was clear to any reasonable observer that they were being turfed for whistleblowing. Management could have objected to the event or demanded that outsiders be excluded or that leadership be represented or any number of other things. There was plenty of time. Instead, they just fired the activists. At that point, I snapped. VPs shouldn't go publicly rogue, so I escalated through the proper channels and by the book. I'm not at liberty to disclose those discussions, but I made many of the arguments appearing in this essay. I think I made them to the appropriate people. That done, remaining an Amazon VP would have meant, in effect, signing off on actions I despised. So I resigned. The victims weren't abstract entities, but real people. Here are some of their names. Courtney Bowden, Gerald Bryson, Marin Costa, Emily Cunningham, Bashir Mohammed, and Chris Smalls. I'm sure it's a coincidence that every one of them is a person of colour or a woman or both, right? Let's give one of those names a voice. Bashir Mohammed said they fired me to make others scared. Do you disagree? What about warehouses? It's a matter of fact that workers are saying they're at risk in the warehouses. I don't think the media has done a terribly good job of telling their stories. I went to the video chat that got Marin and Emily fired and found listening to them moving. You can listen to if you'd like up on YouTube. It's not just workers who are upset, attorneys, New York State Attorney General with detailed complaints, Amazon losing in French courts. On the other hand, Amazon's message has been urgent that they are prioritising this issue and putting massive efforts into warehouse safety. I actually believe this. I've heard detailed descriptions from people I trust of the intense work and huge investments. Good for them and let's grant that you don't turn a super tanker on a dime. But I believe that the worker testimony too. And at the end of the day, the big problem isn't the specifics of the COVID-19 responses that Amazon treats humans in the warehouses as fungible units of pick and pack potential. And that's not just Amazon, that's how 21st century capitalism is done. Amazon is exceptionally well managed and has demonstrated great skill in spotting opportunities and building repeatable processes for exploiting them. It has a corresponding lack of vision about the human cost of the relentless growth and accumulation of wealth and power. If we don't like certain things Amazon is doing, we need to put legal guardrails in place to stop those things. We don't need to invent anything new. A combination of antitrust and living wage and worker employment legislation rigorously enforced offers a clear path forward. This is quite long. I'm just going to push through to the end, maybe trim it down a little bit in the edit. Don't say it can't be done because France is doing it. Poison. Firing whistleblowers isn't just a side effect of macroeconomic forces, nor is it intrinsic to the function of free markets. It's evidence of a vein of toxicity running through the company culture. I choose neither to serve nor drink that poison.
And then uh, what about AWS? Uh, cloud computing where I worked is a different story. It treats its workers humanely, strives for work-life balance, struggles to move the diversity needle, um, and is by and large an ethical organisation. I genuinely admire its leadership. Of course, its workers have power. The average pay is very high, and anyone who's unhappy can walk across the street and get another job paying the same or better. Spot a pattern. At the end of the day, it's all about power balances. The warehouse workers are weak and getting weaker with mass unemployment and in the US job linked health insurance. So they're going to get treated like crap because capitalism. Any plausible solution has to start with increasing their collective strength. Uh, what's next for me? I don't know. I generally haven't taken time to think about it. I'm sad, but I'm breathing more freely. Capitalism at work. I think that's what I think that's it. Job done. <laughs> it's like, that's expressed. That's it, really. You know, you can't, we can't... That's the pencil power. argument, isn't it, really? It's all the power imbalances just over and over again. Um, people with less power are exploited and people that say capitalism is great and socialism is bad are basically saying we should just keep the power in the hands of the people that already have it and fuck everyone else. Yeah. Um, and that's the world we're living in. And, and it's one thing to say, oh, well, you know, it's unskilled labour pulling boxes down off a shelf, whereas programming cloud computing interfaces is very advanced stuff. So obviously those people should get paid more. But now we're in the sort of post-COVID-19 era and we know that like the fucking... It, it couldn't be clearer that the cross-section of skills that the market values is completely arbitrary when it comes to when you compare it with what humans actually need. Should we have another TikTok? Maybe one or two more. Yeah. Ooh, toxic masculinity does not exist. Oh. This is a good one. So just to set this up, this is a young lady in a Trump shirt ranting about toxic masculinity. Toxic masculinity does not exist. Things that today Democrats have no patience for a few decades ago would just be considered as normal boy or man behavior. More and more of our schools have been treating girls as the gold standard for perfection and boys as off-brand girls. Since when has been being a wild, normal, sometimes loud and hard to control little boy been toxic? They have been pushing our little boys to turn more feminine girls to somehow obtain this utopia of perfection because in their eyes, men are the problem. This is not a recipe for success because now we just have a war on boys. The more and more we punish and disapprove of simple little boy actions and behaviors, the closer and closer we get to losing masculinity altogether. And since when has being masculine ever even been a bad thing? Because I hate to break it to you, but no woman wants a weak, passive feminist man. We want providers, leaders, protectors, and yes, people to lift us up. No feminist, weak, woman-reliant man can get any of these things done. And it starts by letting them open the door. <laughs> right. Where do you start on that? I think both she and Ben Shapiro just need a big cuddle. Come, <laughs> come on, just come here, she's, just have a little cuddle. She's scared of the war on boys. There's a war on boys. Right. So, one, femininity is not the opposite of toxic masculinity. Like, non-toxic masculinity is, the, is what we're trying to go for. I, I still want to, like, just pull up Wikipedia. Yeah, like, misogyny, homophobia, sexual assault, domestic violence, bullying, aggression, harassment, gaslighting, all that kind of thing. So unpleasant, like, horrible behaviours that really have no place. I think it's unfortunate in many ways that the, a lot of these behaviours... 
you know, if you took out, if you change the wording to be horrible behaviour and, you know, pleasant behaviour, you know, it's like, you know, the idea that it's these are, I think the femininity or the man and woman thing almost confuses it. And I, and I think actually, if you just talked about th- things that we don't like it when other people do and things that we are okay with and help us live in a more pleasant society, then maybe it'd be a little bit less because the way she says it, it's like little boy behavior. But yeah. that, you know, that little boy behavior of, you know, you even with a little girl, as the mother of a little girl, there are many behaviors that need to be explained and corrected and challenged and discussed that she's got nothing to do with whether she's a boy or a girl just because she wants to do stuff and there's a lot of when you're a kid going in and you know there's a lot of but why not because <laughs> like, it hurts other people's feelings and the sooner you learn that and the sooner you learn to consider other people's feelings is i mean i don't know i think it's i think it's got a branding problem i think it should yeah. be called toxic masculinity no. it should just be called toxic behavior yeah. um and and we're sort of like saying oh well men are traditionally more prone to these behaviors these sort of bullying behaviors these toxic behaviors but it's not intrinsically masculine no at all this idea that no woman wants a weak <laughs> oh yeah passive <laughs> feminist man like feminism is apparently a weak or woman reliant man she's like conflated the idea of feminism with some sort of like i don't know like she, like you can be uh, kind and strong and yeah. a man without bullying and no. being nasty to people and you know, being controlling and being, you know, all of those things that toxic yeah. masculinity covers. It's not feminine. No, I think, but this is what I think the labellings are off. And this idea, like, yeah. I mean, just thinking about, at the moment, I'm doing the office, you know, the sitting at a desk work <laughs> and Nick's doing all the other work. Yeah. Um, and we do, we tagged, we've always tag teamed. There's things, I've got a weak yeah. back, he's got a weak knee. I do jobs that require crouching. He does jobs that require lifting heavy thick. Like, there's no... It's just about strengths and weaknesses in my yeah. my view. Mm. And also, like, there's... I just feel sorry. I, I don't even know how to... that. And that story was delivered with such anger. It is anger, and it's such yeah. punchy power that you're like, I don't even know how to meet her over there and bring her over mm. to a sensible conversation. Yeah. You know, it's like... And all we can really do is nitpick, like, look, listen, you're, you're, you're combining a lot of ideas there in a way that is not how we yeah, see yeah. it. So can you maybe try and understand how we yeah, see yeah, it? Yeah, first? yeah, yeah, yeah. And we, feminism isn't... Feminism isn't, doesn't have to be a feminine trait, even. No. Like feminism is just believing people are people. <laughs> like, feminism helps everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, these behaviours that we're trying to... We're trying to get rid of those behaviours that hurt you and they hurt men. It's not just about protecting women from men. It's about protecting men from um, gender roles that... Uh, that don't suit them. ...poisonous. That don't suit yeah. them. And just go back and watch that Disney short, Pearl. And I, I just love that. Like, um, a woman comes into this male-dominated, like, dirty joke-telling office and and um, eventually manages to establish herself. She's a little ball of yarn kind of thing. And then um, in the end, once that acceptance, that transformation has happened, you suddenly see all the men being able to be more free and being able to sort of have more fun without having to sort of conform to those constrictive roles. Because no one wants to conform to some, like, one-dimensional no. 
version of themselves. Men suffer just as much from toxic masculinity as women. Absolutely. So this idea that and I, I, yeah. they're not woman-reliant. They just don't want these, these cultural, these memes. We just want to dissolve these kind of bad, bad... Um, and, oh, yeah. Why yeah. does everyone always go for the door-opening thing? It's like, yeah, if you're walking through a door before me and I'm close behind you, I would like it if you did hold the door open rather than let it slam in my face. But equally, if I'm walking through the door before you, I will also check to make sure the door's not going to slam in your face. You know, it's like, it's got nothing. It's just, I find it... it's not a gender role. Although I think it should just be about who's on the side that it's easy to hold it open <laughs> yeah. on because half the time you end up like trying to do that thing with your arm and hold it. From, like, hey. No, you should hold this because you're on that side yeah. of it so I can come. That's, what, that's how we should do it, not gender. Should we have one more? Yeah, let's have one more. Let's have one more. Um, So this next one. Uh, The fact that the vast majority of wealth is owned by men, the vast majority of capital um, is owned by men. Women do more unpaid labour. A very tiny proportion of men and a huge proportion of people who are seriously disaffected are men. Most people in prison are men. Most people who are uh, on the street are men. Most victims of violent crime are men. Most people who commit suicide are men. Uh, Most men... Most people who die in wars are men. People who do worse in school are men. It's like, where's the dominance here precisely? What you're doing is you're taking a tiny substrata of hyper-successful men and using that to represent the entire structure of, the, of Western society. There's nothing about that that's vaguely appropriate. So that's Jordan Peterson coming to the defence of men. And, yeah, it's indisputable that, that, that uh, men have a tough time in all of those areas. And, then, and this TikTok video this guy's sort of written on it um you know countless variables lead to inequality uh, like the family you come from or the country you live in and many more and that it's more complex than male or female now the first thing i wonder about this is who's saying that men are the enemy in the first place tyrannical male yes we're saying there's a patriarchy um and he doesn't like us pointing to the the 1% and saying they're mostly male and white and saying that that's a problem. But the fact that it is mostly male and white is difficult to ignore. <laughs> it's, it's emblematic of something. But, you know, I mean, but even with the, with the prison population, it's, uh, you know, those statistics, like especially in America, they're mostly black as far as I understand, mm. you know, like it's the, yeah. the, the, the white prison population is much smaller or disproportionately smaller. There are, you know, in the UK, it's more to, being in prison is much more to do with the fact that you've been in care than it is that you mm. the, that you're male. Um, I think closer to I, poverty. Than you know, race there's all sorts, you know, it's yeah. like and I think defending the patriarchy based on people who are also victims of the patriarchy is utterly disingenuous. <laughs> yeah, so what, why, why, Jordan, are you so keen on defending the patriarchy? Because you think that uh, when you just said that most men aren't part of the patriarchy, like per se, what is your point? What are you trying to defend here? Yeah. Why, why, why is that so important to say when the power, that's already what's being said all the time? 
by everyone. It's like, I'm trying to think of an analogy of like, I, I just think it's fundamentally a patriarchy is talking about the people who are in power and the fact that the people in power are disproportionately male it is not Mm. talking about the people who are suffering and you know in a way he kind of counters his own like you know what is he famously what anti-feminist what is he well famously general's Sort of like men's, I, 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 he's complicated, right. and I think we're, we're going to want to come back to some of his things because, like, I had a big two-hour argument with someone in this very room who was like citing Jordan Peterson. As I was like, "Hey, right, but here are some things we need to talk about," and it's all this, it's all about this like gender uh, polarization, and, and I mean, he's saying like men have a bad time under patriarchy. Well, guess what? Women have a worse time. So it's like, just because men have a bad time... Well, this is what aboutism. This is saying, look, men get stuck in wars because of patriarchy and powered things. So that doesn't change the fact that women get paid less. You know, all those other things that she started with. But it also, like, it's... You know, you're just presenting further evidence of why the patriarchy's not working. Yes. So it's Mm. like, she's going, it doesn't work for women. And he's going, yeah, it doesn't work for men either. (laughs) Somehow that's that's, in defence of the the page. Yeah, so the people in power, yeah, it's it's, it's weird. But like, it's it's basically, it's let's just fight among ourselves and let the patriarchy get on with what they're doing. Rather than joining forces and taking on the patriarchy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And do we think Jordan Peterson is patriarchal? He's, he's certainly got the tone. He's certainly got the attitude. He certainly has, yeah. <laughs> certainly um, got the reach and reputation of a, of a patriarch. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's hard to stomach, really. It is. I, li- um, I like the face. I'm... I'm uh, with the with the the woman talking about toxic masculinity you didn't i couldn't see the video when it was playing i think you need the visual as well as the you know sorry podcast listeners but it's actually the video element does add something but out of curiosity because i haven't actually i did go to their homepage. that's as far as i got what is tiktok pretending to be is it a network or is it a platform or what does it what does it think it is it's just a like it's just like Instagram but with the sound on and videos. It's sort of like it's like it's like Vine or something like that. Right, it's right, just right. another crack at Vine. But I think that I think the USP is the sounds on by default. And okay. then they've got all the filters and all those other things. But you just don't it doesn't have that thing where you just like read right, like right, Facebook right, right, and all those right. other platforms. But yeah, it's just like a video okay. thing. There's a million of them, but like TikTok's happened to you know, again. Yeah. You find you strike the right. You happen to fluke the right balance of features that seems to work. I think that I think their USP was just sounds yeah. on, um, which we sort of get used to being able to turn that off. So it's it's sort of like uh, Snapchat as well, but more like a public. Like it's got social network elements, but really, I think it's it's a bit. It's got a bit less emphasis on the social network thing and more emphasis on the content the broad creation. Car, okay, yeah. All right. I think. But I'm finding it very interesting. I'd quite like to do this again because I think we have some... I think there's... It would be good to maybe be able to put this up on TikTok. <laughs> like our reactions <laughs> to these things. Like that's something we should probably figure out. Maybe that's how, that's um, how we're going to be become rich. <laughs> exactly, exactly.
thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, go to grandpodcast.com and subscribe, as already mentioned. How can people find you, Ivanka? People can find me at Ivanka on Twitter. You can find me at goodtohear.co.uk slash free. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep banging on because that's what I'm trying to make, make work. If you want to come to patreon.com slash grandpodcast you can do that give us a donations or whatever and the links are always down below and these come out on tuesdays so anything else i don't know thank you very much for listening thank you See ya. oh do you know what happened i sent what? out the grand podcast mugs and i finally got <laughs> i sent them out but like there has been a casualty a mug casualty and um, like a week after this parcel went missing hermes um, I was like, I contacted support like through the thing and I get I get this email last night. Unfortunately, our depot have confirmed that the contents of this parcel have become damaged within our network. <laughs> Due to health and safety reasons, this parcel and the remaining contents have been disposed of at the depot. <laughs> we, we appreciate that this is not the outcome you were hoping for. So yeah, there's one dead, first dead grand podcast uh, mug to my knowledge. So um, there you go. Aww. You can get them on the website. All right. See you next week. Bye. 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 Bye